Thanks. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. If you have concerns about me, you want to talk to someone, who should I talk? Those are the guy. The complaining book is, is at church every Sunday from midnight to six in the morning. <laughs> Never get old. Um, <laughs> today, we're going to be starting a new sermon series uh, on the book on Philemon. Uh, I have to practice a lot to say his name, Philemon. And actually, in Spanish, it's Philemon. <laughs> it's easier. So at one point during the sermon, I go, Philemon, you know what I mean. So that's the disclaimer. This, this letter, I want to give you a little bit of context. Um, this letter is written by Paul and in year 61, roughly. Paul is getting older. He is in a house arrest when he writes this letter. And... Um, um, as Paul writes, it's not a it's not it's not a, a letter he writing to a church. The letter itself doesn't contain uh, doctrinal issues, uh, teaching to the church about doctrine or instruction how the church should be managed. But this is letter is written to a person. It's the only letter from Paul that we have directly to a person, and he's having a request, a specific request to Philemon. Philemon. Is a, is a Roman citizen, uh, high status. And the issue that's going on is that one of the slaves that Philemon have, and I have to explain this because in cultural time, at the time, it was very common to have a slave. And in, uh, in, in Philemon, as a Roman citizen, it, it have a status among his community. Philemon was led to Christ by Paul. And, F and Philemon was uh, a member of the congregation in Colossae. And, and, and he, he is participating and, and, and have this encounter with, with Paul, and Paul led him to Jesus. And, G and Paul had this ability to speak to the Gentiles, but at the same time to higher powers in the Roman culture, like Philemon. Did that make sense? So when he write this letter, it's, again, it's called directly to uh, Philemon. And you can read the whole book, of a uh, whole letter to Philemon. It probably would take you about 15 minutes or five minutes. You will say, I read a whole book of the Bible. There you go. You can start Philemon. It's a good place to start. And the, 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 the slave name is Onesimus. So Paul is trying to intercede and advocate for Onesimo, who is the, the runaway slave. And then this section, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how this letter speaks about forgi forgiveness, uh, a new chance, a new start, but how you can give a chance to a runaway slave that can start all over not just as a slave anymore, but as a brother in Christ. A whole different meaning. Actually, Paul is advocating to the point he's not a slave any anymore, it's your brother. So now treat him as a brother. And um, this is very cool when you see how the letter developed. 
But today, we're going to start in Philemon uh, 1, uh, 4 to 7, and we're going to start right there. It says this, I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. And I pray that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of all God's people. Father, I just pray you can fall fresh on us. Come, Lord Jesus, and minister. Speak to our soul. Let us put away all mindsets that we have about what we want to hear, but rather we, what do you want us to listen, God. So give us an open mind and an open heart to listen to your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Like I say, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about prayer. We say prayer is a communication between us and God. It goes both ways, from me to God and from God to me. It's not that we pray and, and say, God, I need a new car and I need the snow to go away and get up and leave. But it's actually having a time that we can listen to God and reflect. And, and maybe we're going to do a whole teaching on listening to God. But this whole idea, when you want to allow God to speak to you, also is through the Word. That's the best way you can allow God to speak to your heart. When you go to the, your Bible, you like allow a scripture to speak to your life. And prayers are personal, they're practical. But in this idea of practical prayer, there's always a prayer on Thanksgiving. When we are thankful for, um, for what God has been doing. And to have a thankful heart is required action. It requires to put aside what is going on. Actually, it's very easy to be thankful when things are going well. It's, it's easy, uh, you know, like you, it's minus 50 outside and you forgot to um, uh, plug your car and your car start. You're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's good. You know, like uh, all of a sudden, uh, they say, you're such a good customer, and you're going to get 90% discount. And you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, like, this is so good. You know, we celebrate stuff like that. That is easy stuff. But being thankful when things are not going well, you have a whole different meaning. And, and being thankful is a personal choice that we have to make, especially in our walk with Jesus. And Paul, you have to remember, he's in house arrest. And actually, the letter said, I'm in, in shackles. And he's not there, he's in jail, not, cannot write because he brought a letter. Um, but actually, he's in house arrest. And as I was reading some commentaries about what it means to be house arrest, he's, he, he, he have a house that he can pay rent and stay there. And then, and then he... he, he he bride, and the more money he can have, better house he can stay. But he have one soldier, one Roman soldier staying right there 24-7. When the time come uh, to his court, to, to appointment, to be judged, uh, from the moment Caesar made the, the call, I have one hour to reach 
uh, the, uh, and in this case, Paul. And if that's all, it doesn't bring him in one hour. Uh, the soldier is dead. Not Paul, but the soldier. So being house arrest, I mean that 24-7, that guard had to be sharp, just ready. So Paul doesn't know when he's going to be judged. He might die from it, but he doesn't know that. It can be any moment. And because he's not wasting his time, he's writing to Philemon and say, I'm thankful when I hear how God has been working in your life, when I hear of your love, when I hear how you are putting into action your life. And that's the name of the sermon, put it into action. You know, we talk a lot about many things, but put into action is a whole different meaning for all of us. Remember that like I said in the beginning, uh, Philemon was led to Christ by Paul. And Paul was encouraged to see how much Philemon has been growing in his faith. It's exciting. When I hear people, when some people talk to me about you, just so you know, and they say, <laughs> disclaimer again, <laughs> and they say, oh, do you know, uh, who can I say, who can I pick here? <laughs> you know, Mandy, I want to talk about my wife. <laughs> That's a safe area right there. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and, and it's so good how she, she's growing her faith, and I see her, uh, you know, going to church. She's so different. You know, it's so good to hear when people comment and how you've been living your Christian life and see how you've been growing. It's true that sometimes we're in the low, those low moments that we struggle, but we put effort to, to seek God, to 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 seek more of the kingdom, to look more like Jesus than ourselves. And it's good when some people notice. And how encouraged you can be when somebody say to you, it's so good to see you grow. I'm thankful. Our church would, wouldn't be the same if you weren't here. And it's true. Our church wouldn't be the same if you weren't sitting here. And you can say, no way. You have no idea who am I. That's why we're so thankful that you are here. Because, uh, you know, we can start programs, we can say stuff, but without you, it wouldn't be the same. And it's so good that your life is a living testimony to those who don't believe, and even for those who believe, that we get encouraged how you pressing more to God. So Paul is saying, I'm thankful every time that I think of you. So when you look around the building and you say, I'm thankful for fill the blank every time I think of you. And it's, it's a choice to be thankful. It's a choice to see the good, not the bad. Because our minds go right away to critical, go right away to, oh yeah, but, oh yeah, but did you know? I don't need to know. I just need to know that you are present to seek God. And that's what Paul is celebrating on Philemon. Your love, your understanding, your generosity, and how you serve the Lord. And you know what? As more we seek God, the more we seek his presence, 
we more we're going to look like Jesus in our life. We more we're going to love people in our life. It's natural. It's natural. You, you want to spend time with God, you're not going to be a bitter man. You want to stay if more time with God, you're go, not going to go around the world just checking your head and say, oh, my goodness, I don't know. You're going to see the world how Jesus is seeing the world with other compassion, with love, with care. So you want to see how spiritual we are, see how much time we spend with God. Because I can say many things. I can tell you what I will consider the best sermon in the whole wide world. And I can tell you how much you're so cool and I love you and all this. But if that love is not manifest into action, it's just words. It's just words. Oh, I care about you. I love you. But I don't show that. It's just love. It's just words. It's nothing. This is why it's so important that Philemon was putting this love into action by praying with people, being with people, uh, allowing people to speak into his life. And Paul has been very smart here because he's trying to connect to that so he can give a chance to Onesimus. You, they are loving people. Now you need to understand that Onesimus is your brother. He has received Jesus. Paul somehow encountered Onesimus and was led Onesimus to Jesus. So he said, now, he's not your slave, he's your brother. It's your brother in Christ. So act, put that action, and that love into action, and love him as your brother. I, I was reading about this letter and trying to get all this comment, and I'm I going to jump myself here for another sermon, but Onesimus was a runaway slave. And we don't know, uh, they got in a conflict, he even stole, uh, uh, he took something from Philemon, they're upset about it, and he ran away. And he became a follower of Jesus. But you know, after Onesimus, because of this idea of forgiveness and repentance and allowing God to work through, through the hard moments, Onesimus became part of the church of Colossae, and then he became the bishop of the church of Colossae. That's what some scholars will say. He wasn't just a regular guy. He became somebody a passionate, passionate about the kingdom of God. You, you ever run away? <laughs> I ran away from my mom when she was ready to throw that sandal at me. I run away from problems. I run away from, from issues in my life. But maybe myself, I'm a little bit like Onesimus. Sometimes I'm on the run. Run away from issues. Run away from things that I don't want to face. You know, I, I, there's some areas I can tell you I'm very open to talk, but there's some areas, hmm, if you want to bring that subject to me, I will go, <coughs> I, I don't feel good. I think I'm going to go home and I will leave. Because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to embrace the situation. I'm afraid of what is going to happen. And in my mind, I have a thousand scenarios <laughs> that how that can go. I'm a, 
sometimes I have the tendency to overthink a situation. So therefore, I run away. I don't want to face that. I'm not a slave, but sometimes I feel a slave to my own self. And when I can want to be free from that, will it be possible? Yes. When you stop running <laughs> and when you stop and I say, God, here I am. And I consider myself for the longest time a runaway. As you talk to me about church, it was a big no-no because church will never give me ice cream. <laughs> here you go. We'll give you ice cream today. That's, <laughs> that's the clue. But no, church is boring. You know, like I can tell you why church is, is so boring. The people, you know, I don't know. And I can give you a thousand reasons why I don't belong to church. And it's true. I don't. But I do belong to his family. That's a whole different thing. We will talk about that later. Whole different thing. And people went by me and, and, and it would say, come on, let's go. Some people said, you need Jesus. No, I don't want to talk about Jesus. I don't want to talk about this. So I ran away because I didn't want to embrace my condition, who I was. To be able to feel love and acceptance. So I ran away. I talked to people <laughs> And I say, hey, how is John doing? There's not a John kid today, right? No, okay. How is John doing? If you're a John, I'm sorry, I'm not talking about you. Just my imaginary friends right here. <laughs> uh, and I say, oh, yeah, well, you know, same old, same old. That guy is never going to change. He's doing the same thing over and over and over. If only can change. He needs to smart up. He needs to, I don't know, hit himself with a rock and kind of like smart up and say, come on, can you change? Come on, it's that easy. How bad can he keep going the same road and hitting the same with that wall over and over? Have you heard stuff like that? All the time. But the problem is, there's something that we run away that we don't want to face that reality. And, and, and Paul is trying to access that to Philemon. You are the one who love people, especially your brother in Christ. Can you give him a chance? That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thankful when things are not looking good. He, he's in, uh, uh, arrested at home. Like I said before, it's hard to be thankful to God when things don't look good. But for a moment, can we just stop and say, thank you, God, because even though I don't know how I'm going to face this problem tomorrow or tonight or this afternoon, I know you are with me. I know you are sitting with me. You're holding my hand. I don't know how I'm going to break through this situation. I don't know how my son is going to change. I don't know how my, I'm going to fix my marriage. I don't know how I'm going to get out from addiction. But I know I'm thankful that you are with me. It's all about perspective. Actually, when, when we start to be thankful about situation, we start to experience peace in our life. It's true. 
It's true. Oh, I just need peace. Just be thankful. God, thank you because even though if there's snow outside and it's cold, I can be in a room that's warm. Oh, yeah, but that's, but seriously, before you came, this room was very cold. <laughs> but we can hear, be here. Thank you because I have a friend that can be next to me. Thank you because I can be worshiping you. Thank you because I, I can have coffee. Thank you for my family. Sometimes I lose it with my family, but you give me, I'm so blessed with my family. Thank you, God. Can, can you lead my way? Can you lead me? And as you start to refocus your, your, your mind to being thankful, you start to experience peace. Because your eyes are not focusing on the negative stuff. Your eyes start to focus in Jesus. And that's what Paul is doing. Oh, you have a slave, Philemon? Oh, come on, shame on you. I was just talking about slave in the church in Colossae. <laughs> no, that's not the point in this case. You now have to forgive your, your brother. First Thessalonians 5, 16 say this. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be joyful. Always. And never stop praying. Why never stop praying? It's because when we pray, we refocus our mind to actually what really matters. You know, every time I fight with my wife, because I do fight with her, and always her fault. <laughs> I know, but she's not here, so I feel free. <laughs> so I feel free to say it out loud. So, so I, I will deal with this later. <laughs> but sometimes we have these arguments and, and get intense. And nobody is, is right or wrong. We both have our, our parts in this conversation. And sometimes I get very frustrated. So what I do, I, I do what my mom used to do when I was younger. I put myself into my room. My mom will say, go to your room. And I hated that. Now I put myself into my room. <laughs> and when I'm there, I... A practice that I've been doing in my life, I start to pray. Because when I pray, I start to refocus. And I don't see the guilt on the person. Oh, she always, she always do this. She always say this like with her head. You know, and you're falling. No, no, I start to see the value that she have as a person rather than the wrong thing. Being thankful, it helps you to change perspective. It's practical. Maybe that's what you should do at work. Maybe that's what you should do with your kids. Maybe that's what you should do here at church. Maybe that's what you should do with whatever in life, praying, always praying. I mean, doesn't mean like, Father, I'm going to my car. Help me to start the car. Not, not like that. Don't be a weirdo. <laughs> not like that. But rather say, God, I really want to be used today. Can you help me? My co-worker, it gave me such a hard time at work. Can you use my life to show what it, your work, your love? My boss is not really good. 
He's to, take to, to abuse my time and always doing this. But God, can you help me to share your goodness? Being thankful is a choice in our life. And as we, we soon we're going to have communion, but I, I want to think about, talk about this for a, a few minutes. You know what? To love is a choice. And I, like I said before, we can say we love, but if we don't put that love into action, it's just words. And I love to hear how God has been using our church, because we talk a lot about love, you notice. We talk a lot about it. But that love put into action, to actually go and extend help to those who need it. And you know, some, some people say, oh, you're talking to those people. Yeah. Those people are my friends. And every time, I, I, I read this long time ago, and I, every time I have to do church reports and stuff, I always like to sign, if you notice, if you read the AGM, when I read my report, I say, Jorge Santana, friends of sinners. Do you know why? Because of this. Matthew eleven nineteen. Jesus said, The son of man, in, in, in the other hand, feeds and drinks and eats ice cream, and you say, He's a glutton and a, a drunkard, and friends of tax collector and other sinners. But wisdom is so to be right by results his friend he's jesus come on you you're the son you're the messiah you claim to be the messiah you're a teacher you hang out with all all these people how dare you hang out with these people you know who they are you know we're under oppression with the roman empire and you still want to share love to them and jesus yeah 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 i'm a friend of sinners i'm a friend maybe i'm not hanging out with the wrong people but I consider you my friend, and you are a sinner. Me too. We should have a club. Let's call that church. <laughs> right? <laughs> and we gather together because we're not seeing we, each other's fault. We're saying we can come here because we are a bunch of sinners who need a Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who love us for who we are. That's why we're here. That's why it's so important that we love one another. We share that love one another. First uh, um, John four sixteen say we know how much God loves us, and we have put in our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God. God, God lives in them. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we'll not be afraid one day of the judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we like Jesus. We live like Jesus here in this world. Such a love has no fear because perfect love expels all fears. And if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. It is to show that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loves us first. You know, that's what Onesimus, uh, Philemon is trying to do with Onesimus. You know, Onesimus deserved death. He's a runaway slave. Under Roman rules, you know, he had to put a mark in his head, say, run away. And everyone knows that he will be a runaway slave. And worst case scenario, that actually was the case, they will end up dying on the cross, shameless uh, death. 
You have run away. How dare you? But Paul is trying to access. He's not a slave anymore. He's your brother. You have received Jesus the same way that you, he's in the same path that you are. He's your brother. Onesimus became from the runaway slave to a brother in Jesus Christ to a bishop in the church. You don't know who is sitting next to you. Oh, yeah, you say, I know who they are, but you don't know the potential the person next to you have in Jesus' hand. How God can use the person next to you. To, for you, it might be just a regular person. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. I know that person very, very well. <laughs> but you don't know that person, how God knows that person. Maybe what you see in the person is like, oh, he's going to do it again. He's going to fail. I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that person to fail. I think it's going to happen on Monday at 7 p.m. I bet you money. That's not how God works. God is saying, I love you so much. And I know probably you're going to fail, but I, 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 that's why I died in the cross for you. So you can experience this love. You know, when and we are wrapped in this love, I don't know about you, but I always feel that I don't deserve so much love. I always feel like I, I don't even deserve to be standing here and telling you about Jesus. I don't deserve that. But somehow, God <laughs> chose to love me for who I am. For all my problems, all my issues, my ups and downs, when I doubt myself, when I doubt that I can't do it, when I doubt that God can use me, yes, I have those moments quite a bit. But I'm here as some regular guy who had decided to follow Jesus. And I put myself in his hands and said, God, can you use my life? I have no idea where to go, but you lead me. So we're going to have communion. And Jesus said, do this and remember some me. Remember what, what, what I did for you. Remember what, why I died for you on the cross. And uh, we want to serve you. When we are thankful for you. So the worship team is going to be playing some music. We, the elders are going to be serving uh, the cup and, uh, and the bread. You're going to take the cup, you're going to take the bread, you're going to go back to your, to your, your share, your spot. But at that time, when you go back, if you would like to do this prayer, God, I'm thankful for, fill the blank. Thank God for your challenges. Thank God because uh, it's been difficult the last couple of days or months or years but choose to see God in the mess of the chaos. God, I know I'm going through sickness, but I'm thankful that you want to walk through with me through this valley. God, I'm thankful because you put this person next to my life, and I know I'm not walking with alone. We all have somebody in our life that keep pushing us to be more like Jesus. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you did on the cross for us, for loving us in such a deep, 
way that you took people like us, broken people, to come here and to give a new chance, to give us salvation. God, we don't deserve so much, but either way, you give it to us in such a willing heart. You took the cross, you took paid the price for us so we can come here together and bless you. And we're so thankful because the decision we made about serving you a while back, maybe somebody wants to make that decision today, God, I just pray do you walk with us through the, through the challenge of life? Do you help us to be more like you? To help us to come to know how much we need you, Jesus. How much we need your grace. How much we need your mercy. Thank you so much for what you're going to do. We honor you. We serve you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You can stand up and uh I'm going to grab one of the plates. I'm going to be in the back so we, so you can come in the back too. So take your cup and your bread. Just come, come in the front and, uh, and ask God for how to be thankful.